DrakeHallMemphis.com. Yeah, sure. That's us. Hello. Fine, thank you. And you? Good. That's all I got. Well, oh, okay. Well, okay. good night, everybody. Right. Yeah, see you around. <laughs> um, we're just hanging out. Hope you're doing good wherever you are this evening or this morning, whenever you're hearing this. Uh, we have various things in the news. Most of it we ignore, but uh, there's just some fun stuff that you can't ignore. It's too much fun. Anybody know who Martin Cooper is? Martin Cooper. He's my yes. banker. No. No. He's <laughs> no. Not. He might be, but not uh, in that dude. Um, Mr. Cooper is the man credited with inventing the cell phone 50 oh. years ago. Remember the old brick phone? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Bad Dog McCormack had one of those 30 years ago. And it was the coolest thing we had ever seen. Cumbersome little bag that carried the phone, this thing around. Well, this guy um, came up with that. He had one concern about the brick size device with the long antenna. Would it work? Uh, it appears that it did, looking at society and how everybody has their phone in their hand the majority of, of the time. He frets, like everybody else does, about his invention's impact on society. From the loss of privacy, boy, to the risk of the internet addiction, to, to the rapid spread of harmful content, especially among kids. There's a move afoot. Uh, part of it has already been, I think, uh, put in place. Employees of the federal government cannot be on TikTok. They can, it, it is banned. Yeah. And there is a movement underway to ban it entirely. Now, I, I'm all for, you know, free speech. And I think it's uh, an important thing as far as America and its freedom goes. But it is abused over and over again. And the Founding Fathers likely didn't foresee TikTok being a deterrent <laughs> and a bad thing for kids. Probably not, but Ben Franklin would have loved it. He would have dug it for a while till somebody hacked into his phone. And got his phone number, his address, and all of his bank account information. That have pissed him off. Um, so the TikTok, this must be a really bad thing. That began as a harmless tool to entertain the kids with dancing and crap like that. But now it is has turned into something entirely different. Not ever having, I have never seen it, nor do I want to. But the stories that come out of the TikTok world are not very good. So the 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 uh, feds are concerned about uh, the hacking into of uh, a TikTok app on your phone uh, and lack of privacy and what what people might be able to get from you. And that that makes sense, I guess. Mm -hmm. Now to ban it in the country sounds Good like luck. you know like a communist yeah, no. China. <laughs> um, it ain't gonna happen. They tried that with Twitter, and it has that has been a mess. And since Elton Musk took over it, so. Whole different story. Uh, Mr. Cooper says that the his most uh, the the uh, worst things about it is the lack of privacy, because everything about us is now recorded someplace, and anybody has access to it if they have the intense desire to get it. That's it in a nutshell. He's ninety four years old, a self described dreamer, and he marvels at how far cell phone design. Uh, and what it can do has advanced. He says the best days may still be uh, be uh, down the road, and it may involve education and health care. Okay. 
He says, between the cell phone and technology in the medical world, we are going to conquer disease. Now, how that relates to a cell phone, I don't know. There are many health apps on your phone. There's a bunch of them that can take your heart rate and a number of things like that. There's even one that claims to do your, your uh, blood pressure. Or is that a watch? I don't know about that. Uh, guess where he got the inspiration for the cell phone? This goes Star back Trek. to, a, to a famous cartoon farther back. Oh. Dick Tracy's radio okay. wristwatch. There you go. Oh, that's great. Isn't that something? Uh, cool. And then, we, then he goes on to discuss this a bit further, the story from uh, CNBC. He says, one day, and I believe this too, we'll have a device embedded under our skin that'll be your cell phone. They'll be under the skin of your ears, he projects. And the device won't, be, won't need to be charged because your body is the perfect charger. When you eat, you create energy. And that's what he foresees. So we're at, at the earbud stage now. So having this put behind your ear could likely be done with a little bitty, you know, click of a, a machine like that, you know, chip your dog. They would chip that behind your ear and there's your phone. But how do you turn it off and on and answer calls and stuff? By pressing parts of your body? <laughs> Maybe your, so. Maybe. Press your but belly button to answer? <laughs> Don't sleep with your phone next to your head, though, because you're going to get cancer. I mean, how are they going to figure that out? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. That won't work, will it? Uh, you ingest food, says he. Your body creates energy to a tiny bit to run this earpiece. That I, This is moving so quickly with AI and all this other stuff that you wonder if he is really on. He's, he's, he's on to something here. Uh, he sees a time when our body, going beyond phones, is augmented with powerful microchips and sensors. And several of these outfits are, are, are doing things now that seek to combine computers with your brain, uh, like Elon Musk's Neutralink, or a Neuralink. The smartphone today has gotten too complex, he says, with numerous applications agreed, and the screen that doesn't miss the curvature of the human face. Many shows that I watch on television uh, these days, they you the, you have to have it have your face to unlock it. And even if somebody is lying there dead, they hold their phone up to the face and it opens right up. <laughs> well, I read so, something about that last night, but uh, tangent. The, the, supposedly, if your eyes are closed, it doesn't work. But you can also because there's that. that there's that scare factor that, yeah, if you're asleep, can somebody steal your phone and hold it up to your face and unlock it? Um, but it, but it's supposed to not work when you're, or Apple anyway, doesn't work when your eyes are closed. And then there's a way to, you know, change settings to where, you know, where it's safer. But that makes sense. Bring it yeah. Up. yeah. He goes on to discuss again the lack of privacy. It's a very serious problem, uh, as is addiction to your phone. I, I never have understood that. Uh, he says that uh, the this story says that the smartphone market over the past couple of years has become stagnant. Well, that could probably be because these companies put out a new phone every year, which is entirely unnecessary. Uh, but those that have an addiction to the phones have to have the newest iPhone or the newest you know Samsung phone. So 
There you go. He's the guy that began all this. Thank you, dude, for this madness. I think in many ways, it's it's the worst thing ever invented and the best thing ever invented. If you need to track your kids or find your kids or find your family, you're accessible. Uh, and many years ago, if you you know ran off or you know just weren't get toable in the case of something important, they couldn't find you. You could be yeah. you, you, yeah. like you weren't you know trackable by your phone, and now you are. So uh, he's the guy we can blame for all of all of that. The Memphis and May Beale Street Music Fest info has now been everywhere. Hopefully, folks are paying attention to all of this. May 5 through 7, back in Tom Lee Park for the first time in four years. The lineup is being uh, heralded by many as uh, a solid, diverse, one of the best ones in years. Then there are, of course, some naysayers who uh, want to bitch about it. That's just the way we are as people. So the info is all on our Facebook page, as is a link to the MemphisInMay.org site, which gets you tickets. I'll, I'll just... One more time, say this. People don't understand how much smaller Tom Lee Park is. It used to be. It was huge. Yeah. And they could cram in 55,000 people. It's less than half of that now, which would suggest that these shows will sell out. And so tickets, if you want to get them, you need to move on that quickly, I would think. Because this is two months away. Uh, Mm -hmm. The barbecue, I think, is pretty much filled up. We're going to interview our friend Jim Holt who is the CEO of Memphis and May, and get some of the detailed breakdowns of what's happening and how this will work. We're going to do this with him at some point tomorrow and then uh, put it up on the site. Uh, my first music cast about dogs is on again today at, what, 2 o'clock? And then again uh. tomorrow at 3 o'clock. And then Wesley's brand-new podcast, Geeks on Geekdom, Geeks grading them. I'm giving grades. Yeah. Oh, grades. Okay. Yeah. So you're like nice. a, a you're a a critic now. Okay. Good. Good. Because Wes can can critique things and just be mean about it if he wants to. If I want to. And, and that will <laughs> be, be coming up on Friday. We'll nail down the time, and it'll all be on our social media because God knows we have to have social media. So that is the gist of it for um, this morning. Other stories, well, <laughs> with barbecue uh, on our minds, uh, this guy is in the news. Uh, one of the most impressive people, I think, in uh, rock and roll, uh, maybe ever, for his talents, for what he has done with two bands, what he has done uh, with his family, the kind of guy he is, uh, things he's been through, and he uh, spends his time doing good work for people when he's not being a rock star. We'll tell you about that and other things in the entertainment world. If there are any, and there are likely some to get to, and we'll do that in a minute. So hang around, text us if you'd like to, and say good morning or good evening or whatever, uh, 8789420. Here is a beautiful version of a song that John Hyatt wrote, performed by Delbert McClinton. This is Drake Digital. Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning and the afternoon. Hear all the shows at drakehallmemphis.com. Well, okay, they're there. There are uh, interviews and podcasts from Lawyer Bill, his brother Scott, and some of the, uh, I guess they did two or three different podcasts with uh, the criminal lawyer, uh, Toby What's-His-Nuts, over the Tyree Nichols event. 
And Bill is moving his offices, but he'll be back to do the podcast every week once he gets himself uh, in place over at Clark Tower. So any questions you have for him for Thursday, 878-9420. The continuing talk in this city is about crime. And as we gear up for a race for mayor and a city council election, um, people are going to be, I hope, paying attention to this. There was a big surprise in Chicago yesterday where the one-term mayor, uh, who was a black lady, I didn't pull up the story, uh, but she was defeated handily. Um, there were, there'll be a runoff because the other two people that ran didn't get more than half the vote, so there will be a runoff election. But she was voted out of office uh, primarily because of the out-of-control crime problem in Chicago, which is nothing new. The south side of Chicago is a different world. It's like, it's, it's, it's the jungle. It's the wild, wild west. And the murder numbers up there are intense. But this is, the, this is not the only American place and where this is awful. Uh, New Orleans, Chicago, Detroit. But for the past couple of years, I read this yesterday, that, that uh, Memphis has become the leader in murder and uh, extreme crimes like that. Number one, the past two mm. years. Uh, it's a bad look for us internationally and nationally, but it continues to be a problem. And the mayor of a big town was just voted out because she couldn't get a grip on it. Uh, the question you have to ask is, how do you change an entire culture of teenage kids who have never been parented, uneducated, all they know is crime? And there was no, she couldn't get a grip on it. And they voted her ass out. I mean, she she lost by a ton. Oh, wow. Because uh, of, her, of, her, of her lack of being effective on this. Now, uh, the... Mayor's race here involves a number of people, and we'll be getting into that discussion uh, a bit more because it's it is important. Uh, Steve Mulroy, the new DA, who walked into office, uh, and the minute he got there was it about three days, Wes, when when they crapped yeah. the fan. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, that was the killing of um, Liza Fletcher week, mm -hmm. and then the drive around town and shooting up people week. And boy, welcome to the DA's office, Mr. Mulroy. So he is talking about how he plans to handle this violent crime. I, he's the spokesperson for this, I, I suppose. Um, but he has talked about all the emails he's getting over the past few weeks about uh, from people that live in Shelby County about the recent crime spate in our community. Well, it's all you got to do is check any local news site any day to read some of the most horrid stories you've ever read. It's every day somebody is killing two or three people. It's awful. He says, I share your outrage and concern. In fact, violent crime has been going up for a decade, making us number one in the country in the last two years. That's why I ran, he says. I love this town. I want to see this crime rate uh, drop so we can all feel safe. That all sounds good. They're really pretty words. But how the hell do you do it? It didn't work for that lady in Chicago who was the mayor for one term and now she's on the street. He says his plan includes to, uh, to tell his prosecutors, of which he has, I believe, a hundred or more, to refocus on violent crime and to back off things that matter less, like marijuana possession, smart move, mm -hmm. and being late mm -hmm. on fines and fees. This kind of stuff 
they ought to have a few people that take care of that and leave these other these you know minor crimes that are that are misdemeanors leave them alone issuing new guidelines on non-fatal shootings no longer will some of these assault charges and the like be dropped for reasons such as victim uncooperative or witness unavailable they will go after them with uh, all the power they possess and to establish a cold case unit in partnership with the MPD. In partnership with who else? I guess the Shelby County Sheriff's Office. Maybe, yeah. This is a, isn't it a shock that there is not a cold case unit? Doesn't I, every big town I know, have I, that? I, yeah. If you had asked me if we who had knew? one, I said, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, there's also... Um, this wasn't in this story, but there was a story last night someplace. I think it was a, a national look at crime. And the disturbing part of this is that uh, out of all the murders that are committed in America, they prosecute or they, they, they find and indict 50% of them. That's all. The other half go unsolved. Hmm. Um because I suppose this happens, it is so prevalent in America, and police staffs across the country are, are understaffed, and maybe that is why. He goes on to say, Mr. Mulroy, that we discuss pending bills on some things I support, like blended sentencing. As you might imagine, he says, uh, everybody in Nashville agrees with me on all these points. However, our discussions were positive and productive, and the channel is now open for them to continue in the future. So he's addressing this um, as he should be. The police chief, I still am wondering, um, as we have from the past couple of months of activities, that she is not on solid ground. Uh, she has not talked out about anything, had a press conference, but I mean, perhaps there's nothing left to say. Uh, but as each day and week go by, when there is no talk about uh, these six or seven cops that are involved in the killing of Tyree Nichols. There were some more that were being brought in uh, to be examined. So um, this has been pretty quiet. Maybe that's why he's popped up and had a press conference. He says that it is, uh, it is the judge, not my office, that sets bail and decides whether a defendant will be held in jail pending trial. But this new uh, effort affords a hearing where there was none before within three days of the arrest. The bail amounts won't be just set arbitrarily, but based upon a detailed review of the defendant's finances to decide what is affordable. Is that being too flexible? I don't know. It's, if... If someone if you're has poor an income, and can afford it, it's a waste of time to even impose it, right? Yeah, because yeah. otherwise you're, you're you're going to be sitting in jail. But if you're if you're uh, making less than twenty grand a year, you can't afford to fly. You, no. you can't you can't you can't afford to leave town and, and be. I mean, I guess you could if you tried harder. You could get on a bus and travel someplace, but yeah, you, bus tickets are pretty cheap, but airline yeah, tickets are. You so. get caught, uh, so. I don't know. This just kind of comes back around. He doesn't go into ages here, which I believe is um, is one of the main issues. This 11-year-old kid that committed nine heinous crimes in the course of two months, 
uh, and three of those nine involved guns and uh, robbery. He's 11 years old, yeah. nine times in two months, and he was released every time to go back out and do it again, nine times, two months. What's wrong with that picture? A lot. And adults he, are too. So, he, so might be, he might be 11 years old, but he's still got a gun walking around, you know, thieving and trying to hurt people. Some of them will will just kill this kid, and that'll be tough too. But um, what are you going to do? Uh, but I don't know what these parameters are. Perhaps lawyer Bill will know Thursday. Any text for him eight seven eight nine four two zero. On a lighter note, I mentioned before the break. Uh, this guy, um, impressive in so many ways, particularly I think for being a good human being and a really nice dude. Uh, I've heard stories for years. He came here to Barbecue Fest the last time it was in Tom Lee Park, and he walked around and hung out with, with uh, people. My kids have pictures uh, with him, uh, <laughs> drinking beers and uh, hanging out, and he's just a, a normal guy, but he's not really that normal. He's He is special, and now he handles things in his real life. He went through a really bad year last year with the loss of his dear friend, uh, Taylor Hawkins, and he continues. Uh, there's also a story here that we'll uh, do after this. Dave Grohl is of whom we speak, and he did a really good thing. Wes and Sid both have the story. Wes started off, and y'all can discuss. Yeah, he, the, short and simple, he did a barbecue event at the Hope the Missions Trebek uh, Center Shelters in Northridge, California. This was last week when those big storms were moving through. And he provided the food, he provided the time, he was cooking 24 hours in the middle of the storm uh, when that was going on, because he would, he would set it up and it has to, you know, slowly cook. And so he was, mm -hmm. he was there through the night. Mm. That's awesome. He, yeah. And I think he brought his own smoker. He cooked yeah. for 500 people, 450 in the shelter and 50 staffers. And it's uh, they're it's this they're doing this 350 mile run between L.A. and Vegas to end homelessness, and he just stepped up and showed up and did it, and that's not the first time he's helped over there. Sometime in 2018, he hosted an eat, drink, and support event benefiting the L.A. Food Bank, and a month before that, he did something else to help support firefighters battling wildfires in California. So, just. I mean, what, is it, what does he not do? <laughs> the people were tweeting their reactions to this, and one tweeter summed it up very nicely just by saying, we don't deserve Dave Grohl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it is, I guess it is the most impressive uh, thing that a person of such great privilege and fame does not just sit back and stay awash in how important they are they go out and they give back. And um, many folks do that, but he has always done that. And it is, it just adds to uh, what a great character he has and possesses. And he cares about people. And mm -hmm. he cusses a lot. And he can play the drums and guitar <laughs> like a bastard, too. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a hell of a dude. All right, update me on the Foo Fighters going on tour. This is a big question mark. He'll be playing drums. What do you have about this? There is no one in the story mentioned who is playing drums. 
the Maybe story is very. Maybe it'll be an unplugged set. I don't. Th- so, I, surely I somebody no, is. There's there's a picture with the story, but I don't know who's going to be playing drums. We'll have to figure that out. The story does not say, but of course, this is the first uh, series of gigs since Taylor has passed away. Starts in New Hampshire. They're hitting Rogers, Arkansas, uh, June 14th. Alabama, Why? some other dates. They're doing, I don't what's know, in, they'd come what's here. What's in that small town in, in Arkansas? Is it near Walmart? a school? Walmart? I don't know. No, I don't know. Oh. There's an amphitheater, Walmart amphitheater. Or something. But they're doing Bonnaroo, too. Uh, Ottawa Blues Fest, See Here Now in New Jersey, and some other dates. Uh, tickets are available via StubHub, where orders are 100% guaranteed through StubHub's fan protection program. They make sure to note that in the story. <laughs> and uh, But it says tickets for the newly announced headlining dates are on Ticketmaster starting this Friday. Uh, uh, Arkansas is, yeah, June 14th. It's the closest they're coming to here. But, yeah, no mention of a drummer with the Foo Fighters on this tour. Mm. What What's mm-hmm. up with that? So I don't know. I do yeah. not know. Let me mention this, too. Uh, this has been happening, and the older you get... Um, the more people you begin to lose in your life, uh, family and friends and the past decade has been, um, I just, just, just to speak from, from myself have lost, um, a lot of friends the past decade. Uh, not, not, not any, I can think of due to age. It was all other, other reasons, uh, suicide or cancer. And it keeps happening, and it's going to keep on like this for a long time. We had a friend uh, last weekend, 51 years old. He worked here in town um, for a few years uh, for the concert promotion uh, people at at uh, Beaver, where my wife worked. And uh, he's he was on his couch. His name is Tim Fitch. He was a lovely human being. And he was watching TV. Uh, his girlfriend took the dog for a walk and came back. Heart attack. He was gone. Mm. Um, yesterday, my wife found this, and it just—it's uh, like a dagger in your heart. Every time one of these folks that you have spent time with in your life, and they die, a little part of you just—it's just this gut punch. Brian J. Brian J. Burleson, he was at Rock 103 for years. We worked with him over there for how long, Wes? Oh, God. 10, 15. Five, 10. He was the last years. last one standing because they don't have any live shows on over there. It's all piped in from someplace, and it's just, it's unfortunately awful. But Brian J. was the last one to go, and he died yesterday. Um hmm. He wasn't in very good shape, I don't think. I haven't seen him in a long time, but I don't know what he was doing. I know he had some difficult uh, family circumstances, and uh, I didn't know he was ill. Uh, He was 62, and my wife found this, and there is uh, somebody in the the family, uh, GoFundMe account. They've tried, they're they're trying to get, get the money together too. Uh, pay for his his burial and all the expense that goes along with that. So Brian J, a complete sweetheart and a nice guy that um, yeah. had some rough times, and he is now uh, gone on. They 
are trying to reach $10,000, and they got about 700 now, which will not cut it. So if you knew him or knew of him, um, we need to put this someplace on our social media to spread the word. Sure. Poor old Brian J, man. It's just a drag. And what this does is leaves me and Wes. Bad Dog's gone. Zeke is gone. Jarman's gone. Bev's not dead, I don't think. Um, she's still around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Poor yeah. thing. Over at that 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 effing hellhole. Um, uh, <laughs> Kelly Cruz is not dead, I don't think. Uh, Jennifer Reed, but... Uh, the core of that group of ours is gone, and it's it's it is you know me and Wes and, and a handful of other people. So Wes, I'd say watch your back. I I can't die anytime soon. I got too much I got to do yet. I'll pretend. Yeah, I got too much shit to do to be be dead. So um, bless your heart, Brian J. It's um, another sad day to watch your watch your peers just drop dead too soon, too soon. I'm sorry so for this both is, of you. This is on. Uh, don't don't be sorry. Uh, it's it's just, it just sucks, and it's the it's the circle yeah. of life. It happens. It's going to keep on happening, and the older you get, the more it happens, and it's not ever pleasant, and it is depressing as hell to be quite frank about it. To watch people that are you know younger than you die, cancer, suicide, you know whatever the case may be, it is always a bit jarring to your soul and it reminds you that we're mortal mm-hmm. and that's that's good too and sometimes i envy them they're out of here good for you <laughs> go rest <laughs> so i i don't know how you get to go find me but i have this picture from my wife i'm going to send this to you sid do and, um, yes yes you can I put it hearing, out someplace i remember hearing him on air for years and i never got to meet him just a laid back dude you know mm-hmm. uh, drinking beer and Hanging out, and uh, but anyway, Brian J. Burleson was his full name. So if you are so inclined, any little bit will help his family. See you, Brian J. Tell Jarman and Bad Dog and Zeke, hey, for us, if there really is a place where they're hanging out. I don't know. Uh, do you have that version I sent you of Plant and Krauss doing the Zeppelin song, Rock and Roll? Andy? I do. I am... I am getting it put in place right now. I went online last night to find uh, some performances of them in concert because they're playing the Beale Street Music Fest. And I didn't realize there's a great interview with Charlie Rose on YouTube. And uh, it's Robert and Allison and T-Bone Burnett who helped bring them together and who produced the album. And I've never seen Plant as happy and as funny as they explain the story of how they got together. Because they are such different people from different backgrounds, you wonder how this could possibly ever work. Uh, and she was in awe of him, and he had great respect for her. He, in fact, called her. And didn't she? he didn't know her, nor did she know him, in a personal way. And she tells the story, and this has been... They got together in 2007, I didn't know that it's been that long, wow. but they played Mud Island. I remember uh, being there for that show mm-hmm. and how unusual it was because he would sing lead on some stuff and they would sing together and then she would do a, a set of her own stuff and their stuff with her at the lead mic. To see Robert Plant in a line of backup singers 
was really a trip. (laughs) There's Bob Plant singing backup. What? So they talk about how they came together. And uh, I went back and listened to some of the songs on the album Raising Sand. And they, I guess Charlie Rose asked them about the title of that song or of the album. What does Raising Sand mean? It comes from Louisiana and the Delta. When the crawfish are coming to life, they come up out of the sand and they're raising sand. (laughs) And that line is in an old uh, blues tune. And Plant knew the phrase, that's why it's named Raising Sand. But I had never heard anything but uh, the hit, Please Read the Letter, which we play on the station. Plant and Jimmy Page wrote that song years ago to record together when they were doing their album as Plant and Page. It never got recorded. And so Allison and Robert did it for their first big hit. To watch them play live is something else. Um, And he, for for the longest time, when, when Zeppelin broke up and he went on the road, for the tour of his first album. The first uh, track for radio was called uh, Burning Down One Side. What was the album called? I can't think of it now in my head. Pictures at 11? 11. Yeah, that was it. Uh, uh, Phil Collins played drums. Hell of a band. He did not play anything by Led Zeppelin. He was not prepared to do that yet. But as time has gone by, he has worked some Zeppelin tunes in very different versions uh, up to play and to sing with her. Uh, and there are some of them on the internet, and I have pulled down a few of them to play for you uh, over the course of the next few weeks as they head to Memphis for their their show here at the Beale Street Music Fest. So here, uh, in a quick moment, uh, is Krauss, Plant, and an incredible band doing this Led Zeppelin song. Roll it. This is Drake Digital. This is Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning. Keep up with the shows and podcasts at drakehallmemphis.com. Robert Plant, Allison Krauss on those uh, tunes. One of them live, the Led Zeppelin rock and roll, because he has uh, the best I can tell from seeing very uh, a, a few concerts. They do rock and roll, Battle of Evermore, which is just beautiful because... He sings the first parts, and if you know the song well, you know that he goes really high uh, on the second part of the verses. He probably can't get there anymore, so she steps in and picks it up perfectly on his last word. Now they they, they do that. They also do um, when the levee breaks. Um, levee breaks is an old blues standard, mm-hmm. and Zeppelin covered a number of songs like that. Bob Dylan, as a matter of fact, has a version of Levy Breaks on the album called uh, Modern Times. It's much, much different. But they do those three Zeppelin songs and maybe some more. But I guess he realized after a while that that was part of his life and legacy, and he had to do them in some form. And he has for a long time, but not in the version that we are so used to. He changes them up and does them in different ways. The part that I uh, spaced off and 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 I didn't tell was that uh, he didn't know her, nor did she know him. And uh, Miss Krause had a new baby in her house. 
And one night she was at home trying to get this kid to sleep. And he was a baby. And she was trying to be quiet and rock this kid to sleep. And the phone rings. Great. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, hello. And Allison, this is Robert Plant. And okay. she says, I'm trying to talk quietly. And it's in this monotone voice. And I can't express any emotion. And he mistook it for her not being at all into talking to him. And he said, okay, well, I'll, I'll get back to you later. Bye. And she figures, I just blew my chance to spend time with Robert Plant because <laughs> of this baby. Uh, but, but they, um, they did uh, work it out. So uh, they've done some really fantastic music. The other uh, uh, tangent about Plant, I found this story last week. This happened long before he got involved with, with, with Allison. He was fascinated by a female singer in the 70s and didn't know her name. And he was talking to somebody at a party uh, about his interest in finding out who this girl was. If I give you some hints, you could probably figure it out. Uh, because Plant, was he's a very uh, you know spiritual kind of guy and mystical and crystals and the places he's traveled, the things he's done that involved his spirituality and the development of all his his beliefs and thoughts. He was always just kind of cosmic. Anybody come to mind that was a big star in the 70s that had those, those same qualities? Oh, uh, gosh. A What's her woman name? singer? Yeah. Hmm. He was talking to this friend, and he said, she's in Fleetwood Mac. I think her name is, is uh, Stevie something. I was going to guess. And so he... <laughs> He wanted to work with her. Did never work out, but Allison came along and he found his match. So there you I, go. That's so weird. I was going to guess her or what's her name from Jefferson Airplane. Nah, Grace Slick was back in <laughs> yeah, the sixties. She was not her. Not her. And when and when he called Allison Krauss, I thought the story was going to be her holding the phone out and him singing the baby to sleep. Ah. <laughs> Dream on, Instead of man. sorry, I, I gotta go. I don't made a better story. It's Robert freaking Plant, lady. Yeah. Oh. He's not gonna start singing, hey, hey, mama said the way you move gonna make you sweat, <laughs> gonna make you groove. I don't believe so. Hmm. That would have jarred the kid and ruined it for life. Ransom. On the note of that band that just will never go away because of what they were, uh, they were unique, different, and set the stage. They were the most influential hard rock band ever. And I have a story that I'm going to keep for one of the, the, the these uh, podcasts about their influence on various bands and comments. They put a movie out in the mid-70s called The Song Remains the Same. And I had the good fortune of being invited to that because I was in radio in uh, San Diego. So I went to Los Angeles with my friend. We uh, we drove up there in some kind of a haze going to see this Led Zeppelin film with, I mean, every star in the world is at this premiere. And there was a party afterward, and we got to that too at a restaurant, bar, place in L.A. And here I am, this you know kid from Kentucky in my 20s, you know, walking around among Joni Mitchell and Joe Cocker and Eric Clapton 
and Led Zeppelin, and I was just uh, with it was just so surreal. The movie, however, was freaking horrible. It was just awful, and they admit to that now that it just sucked. And so, as as time has passed, they did a documentary some years back. Uh, it was called Becoming Led Zeppelin. It has undergone a name change and has been re-edited. It was announced in 2019 and premiered to much fanfare in 2021 at a Venice film festival. Uh, it was authorized by the band and has now uh, been redone. It's called Led Zeppelin. And they have gone back and edited it to be more fluent um, there were thoughts that this just couldn't be made. It was these guys were too uncooperative. One of them was dead, and they weren't that into it. But they, as they saw the film being put together, uh, they gave it their full support because of all the never before seen film that was out there. Uh, Led Zeppelin is what it's called now. It will immerse you in the sights and sounds of their early career. The big screen experience will be like. Uh, nothing you've ever seen before. It's like seeing them in concert. So it tells about the four men, their love of music. They reveal their individual journeys as they move through the music of the 60s, playing clubs in Britain, and on and on and on. So it got mixed reviews, and they went back and cut it up again, and it'll be released sometime this year in its re-edited version. So we'll keep you up to date on how that works. To transfer to that, uh, Wes has a story, and I have been collecting a lot of stories to do uh, on these podcasts, uh, music cast as we call them, over the next weeks to come. And I have a, a, a ton of things about Zeppelin, about the Beatles, the Stones, and many others inside stories that were never told before. And I'm going to put together um, some of these these podcasts with those stories and the music in mind. Wes has one about um, the band from days gone by. What is this about? This is the title of the story going back to their early days. The night Led Zeppelin got barred from performing an encore. Hmm. It turns out it was it was nights actually. This was back when the first album from Zeppelin was uh, making some noise, gaining fans, and then we cut to February tenth, nineteen sixty nine, Memphis, Tennessee. The uh -uh. Memphis State University Field really? House. Yep. Oh my wow. God. Uh, Paige was 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 being interviewed and uh, said that he was excited. This was it. They were going to play Memphis Cradle of the Blues, Rockabilly, Sam Phillips, all of it. A dream come true. A mecca of music, and a, they get to be there and play there. They sold out in record time. It says they were awarded the keys to the city because of that. But uh, even so. Uh, Paige went on to say, still, long hair, hippie ethics, and anything askew of redneck were not welcome in places like Memphis and Nashville at that time. Close quote. No hippies, no black people. Get out. <laughs> so, yeah. And so they, they played their they played their gig, and during this, one of the band's road crew uh, happened to overhear what the local uh, Memphis police at the time were discussing, it says, what they had in store for the members of Led Zeppelin later that evening. Hmm. That prompted the group instead of going out for an encore to just pack up and drive straight to the next gig down in Florida. Aww. And he says, and Paige says, taking the keys to the city with us. 
And then the second similar incident <laughs> is when they played in Nashville and they were met again with uh, some resistance. Uh, there's some miscommunication. Some page says this happened in 69. Other records say it didn't happen until 70. Doesn't really matter. But because they say, he says that we got off stage after the last number. We went to the dressing room and the audiences were going wild. And so I, Jimmy Page, said, let's do an encore. But this police guy puts a steel bar in front of me, blocking the door, and says, if you go out there, boy, I'll bust your head. And I thought, he's not kidding. So oh, they did America. not go out for an encore oh. in Nashville that night either. Man, oh, man, oh, man. <laughs> Here's the keys yeah. to the city, but no encore get out. Yeah, I've got um, one of the stories I've got uh, comes uh, complete with a piece of video. And the story is... The headline was um, Robert Plant realizes that Zeppelin has become a big thing at one gig. They were they were on a TV show in Denmark, and I have the entire uh, piece of tape on there on them doing how many more times in 1969 wow. after they had just released Zeppelin One and Page. There's been you know, talk for years about how long it took them to do this. And Paige said that the real answer is about 30 hours. That's one day and six hours. They cut all of this stuff, many of it on first takes, and Zeppelin 1 remains one of the all-time, I guess, mind-blowing, music-changing albums ever. And they cut it in little more than a, just mm-hmm. over the course of... of of nine days, 30 hours of music. Mm. And to see them live on this TV show, you wouldn't know they were a brand new band who was still unsure of themselves and just kind of faking it because this doesn't look like it, it, it's, it's, it's just great. So some of those shows will be coming up and we'll be playing um, uh, those. Wes's new podcast begins Friday. Explain what you're doing with your podcast. Oh, it's just called Geeks Grading Geekdom. It's going to be me and whoever I can rope in from time to time to join me in a discussion on some topic. The first one I'm going to look at is this new Ant-Man and the Wasp movie, Quantum Mania, and give my take on that and give it a, a grade at the end. So that's the cool. thing I'm doing. And there's a whole you know, whole lot of places I can go with this. There's the movies, there's television shows, there's books, there's comics, there's there's anything. So. Video games, yeah, all that stuff. All right, nice. very good. And that'll be uh, Friday night at seven o'clock. Uh, replayed again over the weekend. Just keep up with social media to find out when Wes's goes up. Uh, mine replays today at two o'clock and at one o'clock tomorrow. It is a theme music cast on dogs and songwriting. So you can hear that uh, today at two, tomorrow at one in the afternoon. The, this next song comes with a with a uh, story too on an entirely different note. The Cowsills. Many of you know who they were. Many of you do not. They were around in the '60s. It was a family affair. Brothers, uh, two brothers or three, and a sister were the Cowsills. Like many bands of that era, the Jacksons, for example, the father of these kids was the manager and was heavy-handed and a complete jerk to his children and controlled every move they made. The, the uh, Jackson's dad, Joe, 
renowned for being a a kid beating, uh, just a just a you know brutal force in their lives. The Cowsills. There's a documentary on Amazon Prime, I think, about the career of this band. In defiance of their father, they recorded a song. This song coming up. And didn't play it for him because they knew he would freak out because it was not the usual thing they'd been doing. They had hits that were pretty melodic and they were nice songs. This one was different and they recorded it in private and they took it to WLS in Chicago. One of the stations that influenced more young baby DJs like me than any other station in America because at night... All across the South, you could pick it up loud and clear. And I spent many, many hours as a kid at night listening to that radio station. WLS, they were all that there was. So two of the brothers got into the station and they took a 45 version of this song to the jock on the air. And he knew who they were, but he was hesitant to play the song. He didn't want to just debut this song. They said, if you'll just you know, play the song, don't say who it is, and let's see if the phones light up. He played it, and the rest is history. It was a gigantic hit, and their father couldn't, he was pissed, but he couldn't say much about it. It was a number one song. Here are the cow sills. This is Drake Digital. Find us on the Drake Memphis app and listen to our shows and podcasts on Spotify, TuneIn, or anywhere you search for podcasts. DrakeHallMemphis.com The text line number is 878-9420. You can text us stuff for lawyer bill or just text us about topics we're on this morning or whatever you wish to do. We hear from some really funny and nice people and uh, we appreciate it. Eight seven eight nine four two zero, and they have chimed in on various topics this morning. Sydney, yeah, this one says, "I love it." Y'all played hair. Wow, it takes me back. I guess I was six or seven. Says Polly. Do you have long hair, dude? Probably. Everyone I think he's a did ro- back then. I think he's a roadie, or somebody in the in the industry. Uh, Sherry says, "I listen to the archived shows in my car, usually in a dead zone between Memphis and Nashville." Or when on-air radio sucks. Lots of times I forget the artist, song, news story, etc. that Drake mentioned by the time I'm home. I, love if they, I, lo- I would love it if there were links to some of those items on the website. Thanks, Drake, Wes, and Sid. You keep it real and make me laugh, says Sherry. What does she mean? I think she would like for each podcast to come with a collection of links to the stories uh, on the Internet that uh, that we talk about and reference and so forth. And my response to that is, why do you do you want me to not have any life and just do this, huh? Uh, <laughs> well, I can listen to it again when you are home. It's <laughs> not, not going to happen, Sherry. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, uh, you might want to get on that yourself, uh, because or just pay more attention, or just pull over on the side and just make notes to yourself. Uh, text I, yourself uh, in the car. Yeah, text yeah, yourself right. in the car. Hey Siri. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what I have to do. Or just call us at home. He has nothing else to do. There so you go. Why not? There, there's there you go. Perfect. Oh, Anita says, condolences to Drake and Wes. It's heartbreaking, and your own mortality comes into the forefront of your mind, when, and it's effing scary. Love to you all, says Anita. It does begin to weigh. But then again, the older you get, the le- 
I um, I don't want to get too deep. I, I have no fear of dying whatsoever. I don't. I have a fear of pain, uh, but I. Uh, my health has been so good um, overall considering some of the crap I've done in the past but um, I live a different life these days and re I remain just totally healthy as I've watched my friends and colleagues you know die from various things but the older you get the when your friends die it, it, it really does kind of weigh on you and um, you can't obsess about it it's the way things are but old Brian J, such a sweet dude, but had a pretty crappy life, and um, hate to see him him gone. But maybe some people are just picked out of the lineup to make their lives easier. Just go on and and sleep, get it over, just get out. It is rough, but it's it isn't going to change anytime soon. Yeah, we are not going to live forever, nor do we want to. Good God, what a horrible thought. <laughs> Philip says, Jesus Drake, don't jinx it. He also, he also <laughs> says, he also Don't says, jinx what? your life. Oh, um, I ain't worried about it. I ain't going nowhere. If I do, you know, whatever. He says, uh, he also says, I was looking for the podcasts on Spotify and I found the show replays, but what are the podcasts called, Wesley? Well, we, uh, well, where does he look? Uh, there, Explain what we can and can't do, Wes. Right here, here's the here's the way it works. The thing that Drake did, uh, his special on dogs, it includes the whole whole songs throughout the hour plus that he, he did did this, which is fine for streaming or for broadcast because the artists get uh, paid through ASCAP BMI for the streaming, just like they do on the radio. But we can't put full songs available on something that's downloadable because we don't have the rights to do that. That would be like giving you the song for free. And it right. turns out that yes. everyone involved in making that song wants to get paid. So that's why we can't just give it away like that. Now, on the other ones, where like on the one that I'm going to be doing, it's going to be mostly me talking with a guest and maybe a clip you know, here and there. Uh, in in context, and that's the kind of thing that can be downloadable because I'm not violating anyone's copyrights. And that's why the one that I did premiered on uh, Monday. It ran twice, and that's why it'll be rerun during the week. Uh, today at two o'clock, one o'clock tomorrow, and perhaps one more time before the end of the week, and a new show. That's why we'll run them multiple times so you have a chance to hear them. But yes. we can't play them back and we can't you know list them because why do all this talking and then not be able to play the songs that <laughs> you know it's that's pointless well you know we we could i could just edit out all the songs and just have you talking and talking about the songs you just played that no one actually heard but I, that would be kind of adult you know wouldn't be nearly as forever. interesting no it's it, that would be just miserable so um mine are going to be about music so uh, not not all of them. We have many places to go with this, but the music cast uh, idea, I've been gathering ideas for that for two or three months. But there will be different podcasts. Uh, one with uh, Shay Flynn uh, discussing the Memphis area and what's happening in this election year. It won't be boring, I promise you. Uh, many folks hear the word politics and start punching buttons. Uh, th this will not be that way. It'll be done with a uh, a jaded and edgy look at the messes we have up there and how to fix them. Um, so, and I might do one on, on books, 
and just various topics and interviews with other people. But if it involves music, we are limited in how we can put it up for re-listening. That just won't work. Because they'd be mad because they all want their money. So Right. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that clears up things for you, Philip. Dennis in South Haven says, I was at that Led Zeppelin show at the Coliseum. I was 14 years old. They only had the first two albums out at the time. I wanted to be up close and saved up for the highest ticket, pr- ticketed, the highest priced ticket of $6. And then he says, oh, yeah. And at the end of the show, or maybe during the encore, they played Hello Operator, Give Me Memphis, Tennessee, and the crowd went nuts. <laughs> that was if that was the Coliseum, that was a different show, but that's still pretty. Yeah, cool. it was. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were good so, live back then, but something changed because because when they played in in the big arenas, uh, that that was before the advancements in technology with sound and lights, and all they had were those light trees, side stage and behind bottom, and the sound was not great. I saw them twice, and it, it was it just it in a smaller kind of room. It's more intimate, and the sound was better. Because I watched this this entire video from the late '60s, and it and they were tight and they were great, but in those larger buildings, this it, it was just too much. They were loud as hell, and the sound was not good, and the lighting wasn't good. But as time went by, and you saw them play. At the O2, that that thing back in what 2017, when they played live um, at Wembley, it was awesome because all the sound and lights were right, yeah. and they pulled it off and started just like the record. But back in the 70s, they didn't have that that same chance. You gotta so, send me those links. I gotta watch. It's it. it's really impressive stuff. What else? Uh, Tree says ah. That's why I heard the tail end of Drake's podcast about dogs the other day. I was mad that I missed it. I'm glad now I'll get another chance. Thank you, Treese. Spread and the we'll word, be, Treese. Thank we'll you. We'll be telling you. Yeah, spread the word. We'll be telling telling you when 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 they are uh, on air on social media. So thank you very much. Text anytime eight seven eight nine four two zero. Anything for Lawyer Bill for tomorrow as well. So thank you. I uh, uh, I want to tell you about our friend Alan. Allen's Automotive is his shop. It's been over in Whitehaven, South Haven. I don't know, 25 years. Allen's been doing this on cars, taking care of people's vehicles for a long, long time. He's been my friend for, I don't know how long now. He's worked on my cars, my family's cars, and Wes's cars. Uh, and he can take care of you, too. He ha- He's busy all the time. So don't just stop in there and expect him to get it done right then. Uh, make a phone call. Make an appointment. 332-3279. Tell him what's wrong with it, and he will say, come by tomorrow at 10, and we'll figure it out. Uh, He's the best in town. He was voted that by his peers last year, and he has his own Facebook page, his own website, and he offers specials on stuff, but you can't let your car go. I took mine in last month. It had been a little bit overdue, and he had to put in some new you know, filters and tire rotation and all that stuff. You can't let it go. It'll... These, old, these, these, these cars and trucks will last a lot longer if you maintenance them right. And that's the whole thing. Allen's Automotive. He is my friend and he's a good man that takes care of our vehicles. So go see him. 332-3279 is that number. What else do we have? I'm looking at the stories I have spread across my thing here. And I'm trying to decide which ones. Okay. Let's look at this one. Okay. I've... I've kept this for a while because 
um, science. It's here to stay. <laughs> you know, let's hope. Yeah. Been around for a long time. Volunteers for this science trial will get $4,000 for doing this. The last headline sentence says, they'll earn it. Emory, uh, this, this, this university uh, called, called, called Emory, they're in Atlanta, I think, are testing a vaccine for Shigella. And days of diarrhea are possible after you do the test. Oh, God. Count okay. me in. Uh, for four grand, you can just poop your brains out for days. They're, they're trying to find some volunteers to earn 4200 bucks for taking part in their study. The catch, you'll have diarrhea for a week. Ugh. And you'll spend 11 days in the hospital, even if you don't. The God. experiment in, uh, yes, it's in Atlanta, is called a human challenge trial. Those that take part are deliberately exposed to an infectious disease. In this case, they'd be involved with the uh, Shigella bacteria, the primary cause of dysentery. I guess that would mean maybe irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, one of my favorites. Emory scientists are working on a more potent vaccine to fight Shigella because strains, uh, they can't be fought by antibiotics. They've been cropping up. A total of 100 and so people between the ages of 18 and 49 will drink the bacteria after they get a vaccine or a placebo. I would rather know what I'm taking because the placebo won't make you have the, you know, screaming runs for 10 days. <laughs> yes, um, but that, that if you knew what you were being given, that would spoil the experiment. So you'll know that you took the vaccine if you're crapping your pants. Is that the pretty much it that's lar- that's Red probably flag. it unless they made the placebo do a similar effect just so they could see but probably not well look, that that's not fair it's a it, it's a guessing game it's a crap shoot <laughs> no so uh, to speak uh, no pun uh. intended a <laughs> hey, uh, uh they they all will then be hospitalized 11 days and monitored and will be outpatients for eight months is this worth four grand if I if had you're 11 really days broke but I mean th- I looked up dysentery inflammation of the intestines accompanied by bloody diarrhea that does not sound like a party for 11 days in a hospital to me I'll just eat well, some food that doesn't agree with me thanks and then you know just run by Taco Bell you'll shit 4, your pants 000. for two weeks but, shoot but, uh, I can just eat some freaking unsteamed uh, broccoli nowadays I don't know what's up I can't eat broccoli I don't I know why you have butter. that problem I don't know why you can't know, have, but it's annoying. have that broccoli. broccoli. It's one of the best things that you'll ever eat. Yeah, it But it sucks. gives you uh, tummy issues. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, if you want to do it, I guess you just call down there to Atlanta at Emory and say, hey, yo, can I come up there and, and uh, poop with y'all for a few days? So I <laughs> Poop with y'all for a few I don't know. Days. Hold on. I'll transfer you. Uh, <laughs> Wes has one about a look at the four-day work week. Which, believe it or not, is still a thing in corporate America. Many companies who were smart um, have allowed this to continue. They made folks come back to the office in many cases, and some did not, and some are flexible, and some. So, what did the overview of the four-day week uh, work week look like, Wes? Uh, this came from a New Zealand-based nonprofit. It's called Four Day Work 
uh, four day week global is the name of the place. They've been conducting pilot studies of places that do four day work weeks around the world. And what uh, what the deal is, they said the workers agree to use a 180-100 model. That means that they get 100% of their pay for 80% of the time, but have to commit to 100% of the output. So they work fewer hours for the same pay, but they really have to actually work during those hours. And the pilots consistently, it says, found benefits across industries. Revenues on average rose 1.4%. Staff turnover dropped by 57%, which is good because if you don't have to train new people, you're, that, that helps your bottom line. Mm-hmm. Um, employees loved it, 90% saying they wanted to continue. Uh, 15% of those people said no amount of money would motivate them to go back to a five-day work week. Also, yeah, they reported yep. less burnout, better mental health, greater satisfaction with their time, and an increase in their abilities at work. And these percentages vary from 43% up to 71% for very, these things. Uh, women reported generally greater improvements. Uh, men were able to contribute, it says, to their household more. Uh, so it helped at... Uh, away from work as well and the last bit of this says what did people use the time for not other paid work they took on the hobbies they did housework they played with their kids and raised children and slept Mm -hmm. so they one participant told cnn that this was a life-changing model because it allowed her to get her chores done friday and actually enjoy the weekend instead of trying to cram all your fun into 48 hours well i it's it is it has changed our lives I know that uh, doing this now on the internet, which is the future of pretty much everything, I saw a story which I had, and I have lost it somehow, somehow. a bunch of newspapers owned by the same company in Alabama or Georgia. Uh, They were owned, I guess, by a Gannett. They employed 120 different people, and they ran their last editions on Sunday. And they're going to not fire anybody. They're all going to be doing the very same thing online. Digital is the future of media in its most you know, normal and predictable sense, like this. This was on the radio, and that's one thing. But it is limiting in many ways, too. And we get a look at the ratings of radio stations in this city. And the only radio stations that do very well in this town are the urban stations that play R&B and hip-hop and or gospel and things like that. Um, The River uh, always does well because they're well-programmed and it's easy to take and uh, it's just really well done. The other stations are fighting to stay alive. And that would be uh, about 30 radio stations and the majority of them are having real issues with listenership because the corporate powers that be refuse to change anything, and you're getting the same old pablum every freaking day. And that's the case all across America. So moving to digital like we have is the new thing. Uh, it's happening in other parts of the, of the country and will likely spread. Because it gives you, an, you just have a bit more freedom, and you can still sell ads on it and for cheaper. And it gives people a chance to, if they missed it, it's up on the website, like ours, to go back and hear again. Uh, and the music is all still there, and we add the podcasting to have you know, content of you know, various kinds. And that's why it's so much fun. And I believe that, like newspapers, 
and magazines, they're going to all end up on the Internet. And that's happened to a number of newspapers, like around here and in every city in America. Newspapers, and I miss them. I really, really miss them. But it's just changed, and it'll keep on changing, because these radio stations can't make money anymore, and it's there are too many of them that all sound the same, and they aren't interesting. And the talent factor is also in question. It's also in question here, but we're trying our best. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> Anyway, that's uh, that's why we do do what we do this way, and it's um, it's cheaper, uh, and it gives us more room to spread out, and it also provides us with time to not do it, because off the air we can record uh, an entire show, if you will, and play it on days that we're off. Um, Wes does a great job with putting together these you know best of shows, but we have decided to. Uh, on the days that we are not here, we're going to be trying to use mostly new content. And people can't tell if you're here or not unless they're really paying attention and paying, well, they're too close to it. Calm down. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it gives down. us we some room. But, but I can tell you, though, it is a life-changing thing as far as stress and your schedule and just the hours that require us to be up and active when you're off for three or four days in a row you feel like an entirely different person and if you're off from thursday through you know monday it just makes you feel different you have more time for your family to sleep to chill and it's it is the way of the future so good luck and all y'all that still work five days a week i'm sorry for you but i I, and i want to yeah me too Uh, but i want to add too it we also can reach so many more people like i'm looking at the map right now somebody's listening in it. dallas monroe uh is that monroe that Le- monroe louisiana. louisiana jackson mississippi um let me zoom back out you had a bunch more yesterday too from all I over know. the country i mean you, you have to you have to zoom in and out pensacola somebody's listening between pensacola and mobile shout out to them i know i yep. shout out sorry um hold on I know this is Houston. Hello, Houston. Uh, mm-hmm. Go Cowboys. Uh, Knoxville, Nashville. God, this thing is annoying. My not my mouse. But that's uh, Atlanta, one of the big things, though. Is it? This can Tucker. be heard anywhere in, where yeah. in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and Fayette the app North. and the app numbers we can track how many people have the app and are listening. And it's about 12,000 people. Um, and that's pretty impressive uh, when you consider that people at one time listening to a a station on the FM dial, and they are rated still by a company called Nielsen, and, which is one of the biggest scams in the history of broadcasting because it's, it's, it's ineffective and it's wrong. We used to get um, called in for meetings if the numbers looked a little bit down, we were shown that there were 12 people that had the Nielsen, uh, their little, you know, beeper-like things you wear on your belt, and they pick up what station you're listening to in your car at home. That is, if you comply with what they ask you to do. So 12 people can decide the fate of a radio show or station, which is utter bullshit. Mm, in all of town, 12 people. Uh, and that's that's every station. 
in a city that is heavily ethnic, like this one is, um, well over half of the folks here are, are you know black people, and they listen to black stations. That's why out of the top 10, I think seven or eight are urban stations in various forms, and the rest of them are just trying to stay alive. So we believe that this is the future, and so does uh, those that make, make movies and TV shows. They aren't on network TV. They're on Netflix, HBO Max, Hulu, Apple Plus, and so on. Everything is going that way. And so to be in front of it seemed to us to be smart. So mm-hmm. are we? I don't know. But the, but the numbers tell the tale. But everything is controlled now by analytics and breaking down the data and their charts and graphs and all that crap that radio uses. We do, we, we do it too. But ours is being tracked by a different thing, by app usage, site listening, and things like that. And so far, it's going really, really well. Uh, the key is for it to spread and to help folks get the app, which is free. Yeah. And so, you know, knock yourself out. Tell a friend, as they say. Yes. All right, let's uh, play some tunes. Remember that uh, it's uh, Bill's here tomorrow to answer legal things, and we'll do that with him in the morning about 7.30. Ask Lawyer Bill. In the meantime, the great Peter Gabriel does this on Drake Digital. Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning. Hear all the shows at drakehallmemphis.com. In a minute, we're going to play you uh, some uh, one new song that's an old song done uh, in a new version and a theme of tunes to follow that based around the title of that song. <laughs> that makes that's any good. Sense and see, that, no, that's a great tease because you're not spoiling anything. There you go. Uh, let me tell you about this. Every day we face a challenge in our life of some kind. Some of them are small things. Some are big things. There is one thing that if you take care of and maintain, make your life a lot easier. And that is your health. If you have your health, everything else is easier to manage. And I bring that up to mention the great people at Wholesale Nutrition who have a, their brand new store is on Goodman Road in South Haven. I've been there already twice this week. And over the course of time, I'm going to uh, talk about the individual things that I take every day that I have, I've spent years trying to refine what I take, what it treats, and the things that make you feel better, take care of your blood pressure, um, your A1C, which is diabetes, or uh, the you know pre-version of that. And, uh, and all of these things do, in general, make you feel better. Uh, sometimes there are options uh, to take a pill from a doctor or to take something else that accomplishes the very same thing. And that I'm just there are some of this stuff um, may be not effective. Many of it is effective. And I am living proof of that, and I can share those things with you. In the meantime, let me just tell you that they have a, a new website, wholesalenutrition.com. If you go on there, because there's so much to look at in the store and, and on the site, uh, but the categories where you may shop by category include uh, vitamins and minerals, uh, performance-enhancing uh, you know, powders and, uh, and things for those of you that that work out and lift weights and things like that. Pet care products are also there. General health vitamins and supplements. 
herbs and teas. Uh, they have they have a number of things uh, for your skin and your hair and uh, issues like that. Uh, protein stuff again for the workout guy in you. And they list below that some of the new things that that are that are coming in. Um, vitamin D three in various dosages. One of the best things to keep your brain clear and functioning. D three is we are all short of that, women especially. And vitamin D3 is a real asset uh, to your overall health and to your brain function in particular. They have one thing on here called um, lipodrine. For those of you who are trying to lose some weight and gain some energy, that's just one thing on their features of this current time. Barbecue season's here. They have um, some uh, seasonings called buck season. Uh, the heat and other uh, little titles they've given to these things for your barbecuing needs. They have so much in there uh, that is worthy of your time. And when you go in there, you you I always am surprised by who I see in there. Older people, younger people, they know why they're there and they came for a certain thing. And the staff can also you know tell you uh, what you might try if you have a certain. Uh, symptom or that kind of thing. They're really smart, and the store is uh, jam-packed, full of things that are good for you and make you feel better. They have a smoothie bar, and it's just just a, a great store run by good people, and I thank them for being a part of this program. Uh, we share things on our Facebook page from their Facebook page, and I encourage you to go see them and to read up on the site about what they have to offer. And I'm going to take some of these things that, <clears throat> that I take and I've tried tons of stuff over the years. Some of it is a waste. Some of it's not. So we'll get into that as time goes by. But I thank them. Wholesale Nutrition, Goodman Road in South Haven, right by the uh, the ACT Fitness Joint. So holler at them and uh, <clears throat> tell them that I sent you, and they will um, probably ask you to leave the store. So um, <laughs> there you go. What time is it? Okay. <clears throat> uh, tomorrow, lawyer Bill is here, 730 your text for him available uh, are doing them right now eight seven eight nine four two zero. If you missed my first music cast about dogs and dog songs, today at two o'clock, tomorrow at one o'clock, and Wes's new podcast premieres at seven o'clock on Friday night, and runs again over the weekend at ten a.m. on Saturday and Sunday, and there are many more to follow. So thank you for uh, being a part of our lives and for texting us and for listening all over the country and the world. It really is impressive. So thank you for being good to us, and we hope that you're enjoying the things that we do. This is a tune. Um, the Chainsmokers is an outfit that's been around for a long time, and they have worked with everybody from Coldplay to hip-hop groups. Uh, what they do is uh, they, they take songs and they enhance them with symphonic orchestral sounds, layers of keyboards, and God knows what else. Um, and they have a real gift for doing that. And there's a dude here uh, on my, the right page. What's his name? Marvin something, Melvin? Martin Wave. Martin Wave is a guy that does a similar thing. He takes older songs, and there have been a ton of mashups. We, I, I, I found a list of those mashups. Uh, that I have saved too. But this guy uh, takes songs, redoes them, and adds new drum tracks and just makes them sound brand new. 
And this one I thought was especially uh, fun and funky and just delightful. This was a hit for Nancy Sinatra, Frank's daughter, in the 60s. The Supremes recorded it too. And so this fellow, uh, Martin Wave, took the song, reworked it, and here's what came out of it. To follow it are songs along the same theme, walking. Supremes and this dude Martin, these boots are made for walking. Enjoy this on Drake Digital. (laughs) 